Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LuckyLandSlots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler Mine and Tony Masterson. Purple Dinosaur Cast. Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Tyler and Anthony Masterson. Welcome to the Purple Dinosaur Podcast with Anthony Masterson and Tyler Mon. Enjoy the show. What? Um, what? It, is is it tap we... tap tap tap? Is this thing on? How do we? <laughs> How do we do this? Is, my wife just yelled, hi, Tyler. Hi, Nicole. It's been forever. I haven't even gotten to yell, uh, hi, Nicole. It really has into been. Into a podcast. It really has uh, been forever months. since we've talked to you guys. Wow. But here we are. Look at hi. us. Wow. Uh, hey. We're, we're actually doing a podcast. We're actually doing a podcast. Welcome in to the, uh, the latest and greatest edition of your friendly neighborhood Colorado Rockies podcast, the Purple Dinosaur Podcast. Uh, my name is Tyler Mon. I'm Anthony Masterson, and it is like 90 degrees in Los Angeles today. Wow. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's 60s here in it Denver. It sucks. It's, I believe this is the longest stretch um, since they started, you know, recording weather um, that it hasn't snowed in Denver. We're like 250 days with no snow or some shit. Oh, for real? Oh, so, wow. yeah, it's cool. It's cool that, uh, that your son will grow up in a world where snow doesn't <laughs> exist. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, cool it's like the worst. It's the worst kind of weather too in LA, where it's like it's November and it's like ninety degrees, but there's fifty mile an hour winds all oh, day. Oh yeah, that's fun. Because like the Santa fun. Anas come in and it's just like a tinderbox down here. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not great. Cool, everything's great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's super awesome. It's a fun world to live to in. live in a hellscape. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, speaking of hellscapes, so. the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, speaking of hellscapes, up the twenty twenty one season. Speaking of worthless hellscapes, <laughs> your Colorado Rockies, uh, which will be the subject of this uh podcast until we decide that it's no longer worth it which you know we've <laughs> which debated could, could, uh, which could be a year ago at this point <laughs> <laughs> but we welcome you into the latest episode of the old pdp uh we have so much to cover we have not done an episode of this podcast since like august maybe july you were traveling a lot i was traveling a lot right, it was right. hard to life each got other in down. the way yeah um, you were in other countries yeah. i was on the road for three straight weeks for the postseason for fox right. Yeah. It's been a challenge, and yeah. let's face it, eh, what is there to <laughs> talk about? Nothing, there's like, nothing to talk about, guess, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're here, and uh, there's, uh, you know, there's an episode to 
be recorded and there's things to discuss i suppose like you know it's not like you missed anything if you've tuned into the colorado rockies pretty much any time in the 30 years nearly of franchise history like you pretty much know the script this year yeah pretty much yeah it's it they're they follow it well and so you gotta appreciate some things you can count on in life because so many things you can't count on in life anymore but the rockies are one of those things you can death taxes and dick monford not being able to hire anyone who hasn't already worked for him for 20 years it's cool. That's correct. It's cool. Um, so there is so much for us to get into on this week's slash month slash seasons edition of the uh, of the old purple dinosaur podcast. Um, this episode, by the way, brought to you by uh, Deco Apparel Company. I'm just going to start saying that our show is brought <laughs> to you well. by the company yeah. that I also own. Um, <laughs> Mariah, our 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 good buddy Mariah at Mariah underscore Infinity on Twitter. Um, Mariah tweeted a picture of herself in the uh, the illegal streaming champions T-shirt, the Nuggets T-shirt that I created for for Deco Apparel Company yesterday, uh, and that tweet has done more for the company that I started than literally anything I've done for the company that I started. Uh, Mariah was at the Nuggets game last night. She posted that picture, uh, and it has blown up. And uh, her her Twitter name is now Mariah Mo Deco Sponsorships. Um, so she's, uh, she's crushing it. She is nearing 1,000 likes on the tweet. Uh, and she is over a hundred retweets and I've sold out of that shirt, which is amazing. So Mariah, she's like if you're the nicest, in, the nicest, just, sweetest little person know, too. She's so adorable. We got, we got to meet her, uh, at the live event this in, uh, in July. She's the nicest. She's the sweetest. She's fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, she's done more for my business, uh, than I have for my business. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you are still in the, uh, in the mode of wanting to buy some things to dunk on the Rockies ahead of this holiday season that is approaching, well, <clears throat> we happen to know a place where you can do it. You can get your purple dinosaur podcast t-shirt, your PDP Ebbetsfield flannels hat, uh, all of the other Rockies merchandise and merchandise, of course, for the Avalanche, the Nuggets, and the Broncos. Um, all of that stuff is at decoapparelco.com, deco, D-E-C-O, apparel, C-O.com. Uh, we still have some for my iPad shirts. We still have Party Deck Against the World shirts. Uh, we have very few but still have a few rooftops shirts as well. Um and just a couple department of analytics and laundry shirts um, created by our, our great buddy, the late Ryan Bloom. So if you would like to get any of those, you can head to the Deco site and snag them. And um, yeah, it's uh, look at you, buddy. It was the shot in the arm that I was like, oh, right. This whole this whole venture was fun and I need to get back into devoting some time to it. Um, much like the Purple Dinosaur podcast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it has been a while. I guess fun is a relative term when it comes to this baseball team. It super is. But, hey, it's, you know, they still exist. And that's, uh, that's the passing grade that we can give them right now. Um, <laughs> so let's dive in and start. They're, they're not the D-backs, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's kick this thing off with the, uh, the news that we all knew was coming and we got anyway. Uh, they just handed the job to the next dude in line to be general manager as longtime uh, scouting director Bill Schmidt uh, has been just, you know, handed the general manager position for the Colorado Rockies. Um, sure. You know, Bill Schmidt's worked in baseball a long time. 
Totally. Very nice guy. Very bright dude. Uh, he's been fantastic. A couple times I've gotten to speak with him and interview him and stuff. Um, a baseball lifer uh, and somebody who has devoted his his career to the game. Uh, but the Rockies, as usual, did no due diligence outside the organization, did not even sniff the concept of opening their general manager position up to an outside candidate, and they just handed it to the next person in line, um, which is pretty much what we – had said was going to happen all summer um and kind of what they've done all the time yeah with these positions <laughs> say, in the last few seasons by all summer we mean all of yeah. franchise history once once dick moffert's gone full howard hughes which seems like what he has right now <laughs> where he's just just you know, no new friends nobody outside the organization allowed in he's storing his urine in jars <laughs> sitting atop like... mcgregor square with, <laughs> yeah. with fingernails and toenails that he hasn't trimmed in 13 years um yeah pretty much uh, uh you know I don't know, man. It's This was not a surprise in the least. There was a time very early on when the Breidich thing blew up that I really did genuinely and sincerely think, no, I think they are actually going to go outside of the organization. But this is what happened. All of that went down in when? May? April? The... Uh, April. That was the day I moved. So it was All right. April. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the Fuhrer died down enough that Dick Moffert oh, didn't Fuhrer. Whoa, hey. F-U-R-O-R. Oh, the, the English word. That was going to be a difference. Um, I mean, that uh, one's yeah. dead too. Hey, oh, uh, we got World War II jokes on this show. Um, <laughs> it's what you tune in for. Let's be perfectly honest here. <laughs> what you want? You want, us to, you want us to break down the September swoon? Like, come on, guys. No, absolutely not. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the closing weeks of May 1945. <laughs> um, no, so you know. <sighs> Had the Jeff Breidich stuff happened in September, I do think that the Rockies would have gone outside the organization to find a replacement only because Dick Montfort was so furious at the national media backlash that followed the Breidich situation, followed the Arenado trade situation, that I think just in order to thumb his nose at the people who were calling him a terrible owner and inept at his job and whatever, I think he would have positioned himself to do things differently the thing is it happened in april by the end of the season nobody cared about the rockies anymore uh and dick monford just got to do what dick monford does yeah and he got to to kind of get around the the seedling rule whatever because if you hire someone within your organization you don't have to hire out or look at outside candidates first or look at minority candidates or female or whomever Right. So that is how he's able to get around that, which seems like a pretty easy workaround yeah. for the ceiling rule. I got to yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it really, uh, yeah, not a whole lot of teeth in that rule when you can just like do the thing <laughs> that you've really. always done and knock down the next door in the executive suite and hand the job to that guy. Yeah. So it's... I don't know, man. Not really surprised. <laughs> not, not really forcing guys to do a lot of bidding if they really don't want to do it. You, you now have a major league general manager who said in April that he knew more about the SEC than he knew about Major League Baseball. You now have a major league general manager who uttered that quote non-facetiously uh, <laughs> nary seven months ago. One <laughs> so of my favorite... Fun. My favorite things about when he was actually called and they hired as the official GM or whatever that <laughs> Dick put out a statement saying that he liked the job that Bill had done. Right. Uh, a which right. at the time he was he was hired as the interim GM and Jeff Braddock was let go. There, it was a, a massive turning point in the Rockies franchise as it has been for the last 30 years. You were and you were 
needing to rebuild or something along those lines. The team was not playing up to standard. You had a lot of free agents, big time free agents coming up in your organization that you needed to make big time decisions on Trevor yep. story, John gray. So you needed to either sign these guys or trade them off at the deadline for parts. So you weren't left with nothing and maybe you want to do qualifying offers eventually or what. So it was a major time, a very important time to be the Rockies general manager and to hear stories from other teams, try to deal with the Rockies. They would call and like the phone would just like go to voicemail. Yeah. They literally <laughs> they did not know who to, to contact they didn't about know trades, who, who to call yep. when they were looking for, Hey, it was John Gray going to be dealt. Hey, Trevor, you know, we can give you a couple prospects. They had no idea. So it was a big deal. And the fact that he made one Bill Schmidt made one minor trade during the season that was giving Michael Gibbons, to the Reds to get back a third tier prospect <laughs> the Rockies had drafted previously a couple of years ago. <laughs> that was the only trade that three he separate so times. Say that, oh, I love the job that Bill had done in that time. He didn't do anything. Nope. There was, he literally sat on his hands. He he might as well have just not he might as well have left the country and just turned yeah. off his phone. Because he didn't do anything. There's nothing he did. Love the job he did. What did he do? I have no idea. Literally nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, didn't trade Trevor Story. Didn't trade John Gray. Didn't make any yeah. moves at the deadline. Um, saying that that you hired Bill Schmidt because you liked the job that he did would be like giving me a position as an astronaut because, hey, man, I've never screwed up a mission to space. Like, yeah. you didn't do anything. How, how could you like a job when there was no job done? How is it possible? I don't get it. You... Well, you were duped by the bubble boy guy. So you got to, that's, that's part of it. Wait, what? You're going to be an astronaut. Oh, right, right, right. He lives in a bubble boy. Um, yeah, man. I, uh, wowzers. This, uh, was literally, it just like they, as we have said so many times on this podcast, we are all Charlie Brown and they are Lucy with the football. Like you just think at some point, you're going to get a shot at it. They're going to do things differently. And then they just never do. Um, and, you know, literally, it's, it's honestly what, what probably will it take? nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the thing. What will it take? It's at this probably point? good that we waited a couple months um, to do this show because I remember when they handed Bill Schmidt the job, my first thought was like, why would anybody be a fan of this team? Yeah. You know, and I still like, as we have said many, many times, I I have no idea why anybody would. Uh, and I don't have any justification to, like, talk anybody into doing it. If you were a person who was thinking, like, you know, I think I'm about out on the Rockies. Uh, you know, I'm not going to dissuade you from that. Neither of us what, would, would attempt to do what that. What are we supposed to say? Right. <laughs> like, that's that's the thing. Um, I guess the, uh, you know, it's gone from being just like the, the initial, just like brain anguish of wondering how they could do it again to now it's just like the familiar dull pain of like, all oh, right, they're the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, three straight fourth place finishes since those back-to-back playoff appearances. It seems like a really long time ago. Yeah. We were watching them in the play in the postseason, right? Yep. It seems like a sure long does. time. Feels like an entirely different world. Um, and it really felt like they were building something sustainable for a, a decent window of contention. And they just fell off a cliff in 2019 and they have never surfaced again. And at this rate, who knows when they're going to, you know, um, 
the San Francisco Giants signed a whole lot of 35-year-old dudes and blew by the Rockies. They are an infinitely better organization already. Um, and we thought the Giants were, you know, heading into a rebuilding era. They were, you know, the best team in baseball for large portions of the season. Uh, the San Diego Padres now have a manager who seems like he will know what he's doing, unlike the last one. Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers are the Los Angeles Dodgers. You really have to be... Sorry, Nicole. So grateful that the Arizona Diamondbacks exist because it's the only thing that keeps you from being in last place. And and really, like I would take their GM. I'd take their manager. I, I think they have pieces in place at the right spots, not player-wise, of course. Yeah, but their, the, their struggles right spots, are kind of baffling. They're, they're almost more baffling than the Rockies because – yeah. You expect the Rockies to just be weird and dumb and do stupid things, and they right. do. Like the D-backs, I don't think should be as bad as they are. But yeah, you know. I don't. I don't really get what's going on with the D. I'm very thankful that we're not a D-backs podcast because I would have no idea how to parse. Yeah, that because whole the, and that one is just it's it's apathy too with the D-backs as well. Like I right, you know, the, like Rockies are stupid and, and like dumb, like I said, and and we all hate them. But you know, at least they're weird. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, like the D-backs are just like bad, and there's not anything interesting about them. Like, with the Rockies, at least, it's like, oh, well, this will be great fodder for the podcast. With the D-backs, it's like, okay, they're complaining about their ballpark again. Like, I don't really – I don't get it. Um, But anyway, we're we're (laughs) – you just have to be thankful that they exist because it's the only thing keeping you out of last place. But it really – I mean, this this season turned into the dream season – for Dick Monfort, really, the the anger died down about the Jeff Breidich situation. Um, you you found a, a team that eventually ended up being, you know, competitive in stretches toward the end of the season. The Rockies finished with 74 wins. They'll be middle of the pack for a draft pick. Um, as far as, you know, the average attendance in Major League Baseball goes, they were a top uh, eight team. They finished eighth in Major League Baseball in attendance. No, seventh in Major League Baseball in attendance uh, and fifth in the National League. Um, this is an ideal Dick Monfort season. Nobody cared yeah. by the end of it. He made yeah. a ton of money, didn't have to risk anything by hiring outside of the organization, and the Rockies are probably destined for 70 to 73 wins again next season. That's an ideal situation for him. It's perfect. It's perfect for him because, as we've mentioned before in the podcast, he's not a baseball owner in the sense that he wants the team to win. He's a baseball owner in the sense that he—it's a tab in his portfolio. He wants the—he wants this asset to make him money and be profitable because he has a lot of other real estate ventures that are more important to him uh, as of right now. And so, no, it was that they were—they were perfect for his portfolio uh, this year. The 2021 uh, season was perfect. Got the All Star game. Yep. Yeah. Got a new he TV got, he, deal. He got handed an All Star game. Got a TV deal. You know, it was yeah. It, it was a it was a winning couple of quarters for Dick Monfort. Everything yeah. came up Millhouse for Dick Monfort in 2021. Yeah. Really, his, uh, his cuffs were bone dry, man. <laughs> everything really just worked out beautifully for him. Um, so. Yeah, man. You know, I uh, I really don't know what to say about Bill Schmidt. Uh, he has never run a major league organization. He has never built a major league roster. Um, he's you know had some big hits on on draft selections. He he did that job adequately totally. too well yeah. throughout the the course of his baseball life. That's all well and good. Um, but he has never been not only a major league general manager, he's never been like an assistant general manager. Uh, he's never been involved on the major league side of roster construction. Um, and that is what is so just mind numbingly frustrating. I think to Rockies fans is not only did you just hand the job to the next guy in the organization, but you handed the job to the next guy in the organization who hadn't even really worked on that side of the project. No. And (laughs) 
doesn't seem to be really deserving of it. It seemed like he was pretty set as a director of scouting. Yeah. And he was pretty pretty good at it. Yeah. Do, do you need to be a GM? Are you, are you qualified to be a GM? I don't think so. And yeah. there are a lot of other guys out there that are qualified to be GMs or women who are qualified to be GMs. Yeah. And they're not getting opportunities uh, of one of the 30 jobs that exist. Nope. Um, and beyond all of that, something else that I think is very important for people to keep in mind is the bloodletting of uh, front office departures from this organization this year. Um, there is a lot more going on behind the scenes in that front office uh, than what meets the eye. The fact that you had basically the entire analytics staff leave um, prior to or during this season, your director on of player yeah. on mass, your director yeah. of player development quit, your general manager quit. Um, there was an assistant GM who left. There is something <laughs> the head of your social media team quit. Right. There is something that smells rotten in that front office, and I have heard from people inside the front office uh, who the culprits may be who contribute to uh, a work environment that has not led to very fruitful baseball results, and certainly seems to not have led to a very healthy uh, work environment. Um, and it's it's just baffling to me that from what I understand, conversations were brought to the highest level of here's what we think the issue really is. Here's where we think the issues really lie. And then Dick Moffer was like, nah, I don't believe any of that. How about this guy for GM? Uh, and to be fair, it's not Bill Schmidt who I'm talking about. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just the most Rockies thing ever. It's if you have any sort of background having worked in that organization. If you are the lowest person on the totem pole with the Colorado Rockies, if you're a clubby right now, you theoretically have a route to being a general manager at some point in your life. Because really <laughs> right. all it yeah. seems like you need to do is hang around. Yeah. Well, but they fired the clubbies. They want to pay the clubbies last year. And so they had the front right. office staff right. do uh, the clubby uh, work. So analytics guys I, don't, do I don't know. Laundry. I don't know if you, if you remember that. One of the uh, former analytics guys did order a department of analytics and laundry. T-shirt. <laughs> I, was, I was very happy about it. That's very awesome. Happy about it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, you know, I don't really know what to tell anybody about, about uh, Bill Schmidt. Nice guy, bright dude. Um, you know, I, I have no idea if he's going to be an even average major league general manager. No so way. really, like, basically, the Rockies fans are just hoping that at some point Dick Mumford is caught on tape saying something horrible. Is that is that what we're led to believe here? Well, just, get, the, the, just, just get Donald Sterling's kind of thing. Like, and then the rough thing is, like, ah, it's just going to go to his son. So, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, it's just a dynastic world of, like, if you are a Colorado Rockies fan, you are stuck with the last name Monfort probably from now until you die. Yeah, yeah. And probably. Um, and it's not like the it's not like the Cronkies. The Cronkies, you know, the Josh has shown yeah. at least some ability to to run the abs and the nuggets just He's fine. worked in yeah. low level positions in front offices to get experience and do things um that would lead you to understanding how an organization should run and should be operated. Hey man, I don't know anything about Walker Monford. I've heard very mixed yeah. things about Walker Monford. Maybe he'll be a great owner someday. Uh his father is not old enough to be leaving that post at any time soon anyway. Um who knows what's going to happen down the road when that's uh the the next step for the Rockies. But the fact that if you are a Rockies fan, this is I think the ultimate crux of the matter. If you are a Rockies fan, what hope do you have that you're ever going to see your team play in a World Series again? Uh, Much less win one. Like a percentage? Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's let's hope it's a ten percent chance. Oh man, I I think it's <laughs> I mean I think it's lucky if you got one percent. That's hope. What, that's what I said. It's a hope you got ten yeah, percent. Right. Ten percent um, isn't good. 
Like over the last couple of years, and this is dark and we've mentioned this on, on shows before, but like over the last couple of years, uh, I think it started, well, not with the Cubs winning the world series, but after things really fell apart for the Rockies in, in 19, um, in light of the Cubs having won a world series, I remembered all those stories about, there's still a story um, that I think about that was in, I think, the New York Times after Game 7 uh, when the Cubs beat Cleveland and win the World Series. And it was it's still, like, when I think about it, still makes me tear up. They wrote an anecdote about a Cubs fan who drove to uh, his father's gravesite and sat with a six-pack of old style and the radio and listened to Game 7 and listened to the Cubs win the World Series at his father's grave because they went to a billion Cubs games together, never got to see him win a, a championship together, and they finally got to do it in that form. And I remember over the last few years, like, finally starting to think of myself, like, oh, my parents are never going to see the Rockies win a World Series. No, You know, like, never. the people who got me into baseball, <laughs> they will never see that moment. No. And that's – um. Yeah, like that's what it comes down to for Rockies fans. Like, if you're a Rockies fan, I don't know what hope you have in anything. If if you're if you're stuck with a, being a fan of a team with ownership like the Rockies, who are so stubborn and so steadfast in their ways, and really do refuse to keep up with the climate, as as it were, whether it's analytics, whether it's you know whatever, it's, you know spending money, whether it's TV deals, you know getting money like you know free agents, whatever. If you if you refuse to do it and think that you have all the answers yourself and refuse to get any help or any outside looks in the organization, then you're going to kind of be stuck until, until the, the cycle of whatever comes back around again. And you and whatever worked for them initially is going to work for them again in 60 years, the same way that music comes back into fashion every 15, 20 years, all the stuff in baseball comes back into fashion every whatever, every generation, maybe it ends up being like when the, when stolen bases become cool again, the Rockies are going to be great. You know, when that, happens in you know, 2045 you know when we're all when we're all living on the moon and yeah. playing baseball on the moon they already do Coors. as opposed to Coors Field so <laughs> it's it's so hard what to teach an old dog new tricks as it ends up being because when you get to a certain point in your life and you've made a, as much money and had as much you know monetary success as someone like Dick Monfort has you don't think you need to change anything right. especially if you, if you don't if you don't care about the Rockies right. as as a win loss franchise, yeah, then they're doing what there's what that asset is supposed to be doing for you. Exactly, and that's what it so, comes so down to. Why ultimately. would you change it? Yeah. Right, that's the difference, and we've we've had this conversation before. But that's the difference between all of us as sports fans and the people who own sports teams. Um, you know, when Dick Monfort says like nobody wants to win more than me, look at people's actions versus people's words. Like if that was true, uh, Dick Monfort would not have acted the way he's acted for however many years he's owned this franchise. Like it's yeah. just there is no movement, there is no work that would seem to justify that statement ever. Um professional sports owners do not view uh in large part their teams the way the rest of us view them because we live in an era now where um this is not uh, uh the 1940s where bill veck could could make good buy a team on the cheap throw himself into wacky promotional ideas and and signing players out of the, the bargain bin who could contribute to making a winner and and doing all these things because he poured his heart and soul into it. And we live in an era now where... It's not a heart and soul organization anymore. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true too. Um, but we live in an era now where... Uh, if you're a billionaire, you should just own a sports franchise. Like that's that's a thing. We have we have mega elite wealthy people 
they own sports teams and they look at them the same way, like you described, the same way everything else in their portfolio gets looked at. And that's it's all balance sheets. For every Mark Cuban, there are a thousand people who are involved in the ownership of a sports franchise who don't give a shit about wins and losses. They don't care. No. Are they making money? That's what matters to them. Oh, yeah. The, the Rockies could win 65 games next year, or they could win 95 games next year. And the, and the ledger's going to be pretty much the same on right. Dick Monfort's spill. Like, right. I, like almost the exact same. You're going to get a, a lot of people coming in anyway. You get the TV deals there. <laughs> what, what, what's the incentive for him to actually go and make make the Rockies a winner if he doesn't need them to be? Yeah. Um, and so it's uh, it all comes back around to the things that have been discussed about this franchise forever. Um, you know, I mean, what's old is new again. There was a there was a brief window when Dan O'Dowd left and and Dick Montfort gave the job to Jeff Breidich again without doing any due diligence outside the organization. But he said, you know, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to let my baseball people make baseball decisions. And that looked like the first time that the Rockies were going to have a bit of a culture change. And it bore some fruits. 2017, 2018, they make the playoffs back-to-back years for the first time. And then you could just sense things starting to change. And as the narrative turned toward, oh, the Rockies are building something successful in the front office, it seemed to be that the owner then decided, well, now the story needs to be about me again. And as he became more involved, he alienated literally everybody, as it seems, based on the laundry list of people who have quit and and, and left the organization. Um, and we're just back to, you know, the 2014 Colorado Rockies, essentially. Like, win yeah. or lose, rain or shine, we support our Rockies. That's the front office's definition of success is just like jam a crappy product down people's throats because they're still going to show up and what are they going to do yeah i mean 2013 they won 74 games and in 2021 they won 74 games and then the next two years in 14 to 15 they won 66 and 68 respectively then won 75 in 2016 and then they made the playoffs back-to-back years and that was the last time any of us were happy (laughs) and we never (laughs) saw them again yeah (laughs) so Whatever, Bill Schmidt. Good luck to you. I don't know. Yeah, have, have, have fun, Seems buddy. Like a nice guy. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I don't envy him. So, so far, none of the moves <laughs> have made a lot of sense. They, yeah, they give a qualifying offer to Trevor Story, which makes sense since they didn't trade him. Uh, they did not to John Gray. Yep. Which doesn't make any sense. Yep. Someone who has actively said he wants to stay with the Rockies, a pitcher. Who was actively a starting, said he pitcher. Wants, a starting pitcher who actually wants to stay with the Rockies, uh, was a third overall pick by the team. Yeah, has been they what John Gray, what you will. He has been one of the more successful starting pitchers in Rockies franchise history. Wants to stay with the organization. Yep, and you could have traded him for prospects at the deadline. He was one of the hottest names out there. You didn't, okay. So that's just wasn't your plan, clearly, because you were in over your head. Then, okay, you know, attach a qualifying offer to him. If he signs it, you get him for one more year. You can work on something at that point for an extension. Yeah. Um, if you don't sign him, you get a draft pick compensation. You get something for him yeah. if he leaves and free agency signs with another team. Um, you didn't do that Nope. with John Gray. And you gave you a quote sure yesterday did. saying something along the lines of, well, you know, we're waiting for his people to get in touch with us. We're sure they're testing the market right now to see what their options are. 
<sighs> now, Essentially, no, let's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't think that's very good business. I didn't go to business school. I, I, I don't know how uh, this all works from a literal standpoint. I just know that sounds pretty stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the, the, uh, explanation that makes the most sense. And it's from, uh, our buddy Thomas Harding, um, who said in a Twitter thread, quote, does not giving right-handed pitcher John Gray the qualifying offer mean he is gone or even likely gone? No. First, the qualifying offer. Only two starting pitchers have ever accepted Kevin Gosman and Marcus Stroman last year for $18.9 million. Annual value above $18.4 million for John Gray. This is in reference to, seems doubtful. In a story um, on the, the Rocky site, um, Thomas details that uh, $18.4 million in 2022 would put Gray significantly higher than his rotation mate, Herman Marquez, and the combined 2022 total salary for Kyle Freeland and Antonio Sensatella. What the issue becomes is the Rockies now are trying to find something fair for John Gray via what his value would be on the open market. Does it seem as though some other team is going to come in and give John Gray $18.4 million in average annual value? Probably not. Probably not, yes. But the issue now becomes if John Gray goes out onto the open market, yes, John Gray, we have long loved John Gray on this podcast. He came on the show back when he was a, a prospect. He's been on the show since he's been in the big leagues. He's one of the biggest hearted guys uh, in the major leagues. He's just a good person. We're big John Gray fans. John Gray deserves better than this, A. Yes. And B, now you have allowed John Gray to hit the open market where any other franchise can come in and say, look at what we have and look at where you yeah. could be stuck. You could waste your career pitching in Denver for a franchise that is not serious about building a winner around you, or you could come here to San Francisco or San Diego or New York or, or Anaheim LA. or L.A. <laughs> or wherever, and you could win a World Series. The Rockies will never be able to promise that to a player ever. And after what they promised to Nolan Arenado and then subsequently did a year later – you can't even promise to a player, oh, we're really going to try to build around you because nobody's going to believe you. Why so what the Rockies have now them? done, yeah. right? So what the yeah. Rockies have now done is they have opened themselves up to the possibility that John Gray sees, oh man, that grass really is way greener out there, and doesn't come back and they get nothing for him. And then what it all comes back to is the general manager who was hired, handed this job because the Rockies were, quote, pleased with the job he had done by standing pat at the deadline. Now that becomes even more asinine looking because by standing pat and not trading John Gray, not trading Trevor Story, especially John Gray in this circumstance, now he could walk and you get nothing for him. Theoretically. Not nothing for a one of the top picks in the history of your organization. Yes, exactly. Maybe the best starting pitcher that you have developed out of the draft in franchise history, and he could leave for nothing now. And that, to me, I don't know, man. That sounds like the exact (laughs) type of move that a first-time general manager who has never made these decisions would probably make. It really sounds like uh, John Elway not getting the facts in on time for Elvis Doomerville. It very much has that same vibe. (laughs) Very much has that same vibe. That was one of the first moves Elway made, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? Yeah. Or or, or non-moves, as it were. Um, also the fact that they were still, that was what, 2015, they were using fax machines still, <laughs> right. like they're still using fax machines. It's like yeah. signing day in college football. Like they, they fax these things in what year is this? 
I've never um, even used a fast lane, I don't think. So I don't know, man. The the gray situation is bizarre. They did extend the qualifying offer to Trevor Story. Um who knows what's going to happen with Trevor Story. Trevor Story, I don't think has any interest in coming back here. The thing that is working against Trevor Story is there are a million other extremely good shortstops who are on the market. And the thing that's really working against Trevor Story is he does not look like a guy who's healthy. And toward the end of the season, it was uncomfortable to watch him at times uh, on on the field. Um, and the other other thing working against it is the lockout coming up in a couple right. of weeks. <laughs> yeah, and that's also going <laughs> to be yeah. That's the other big thing that we're just kind of hanging Staring over all of our heads right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, it is just, eh, I, I don't know. Uh, my money is still on Trevor Story not ending up back here. Um, I, I, I think, would be surprised. Yeah. I think it would be a, a shocker if Trevor Story ends up. If, if Trevor Story ends up back in Purple Pinstripes, things have gone very wrong for Trevor Story. You know, um, it's it's dumping a girl or a guy by thinking you can find somebody else and then going back like a month later and being like, I'm sorry, baby, just take me back. You know, like it would not it would not bode well for Trevor Story if he's uh, back here in 2022. Um, But the way the market dictates and, uh, you know, the health concerns there as well. I don't know. Maybe he is going to be back here. Um, the Rockies are trying to figure out what they're going to do at shortstop. If it is not Trevor story, um, I got a suggestion for him. Ian Desmond. He's, he's a free agent. He's on the market. <laughs> <laughs> he's out. See there, if they got to, they got to pull that trigger again. He's waiting to sign on the dotted line. Um, it was kind of funny. They posted like a farewell thing to him on Instagram, uh, yesterday and was like for five years, Ian Desmond represented everything. It is to be a Colorado Rocky, blah, blah, blah. He didn't even play for the last two years. What are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah, he was what a Colorado, every Colorado Rocky should be away from the team. <laughs> he made the best decision that any Colorado Rocky can. Yeah. And that's getting that's, us far away from the Colorado Rockies. Let's get the fun. hell out of here for two years. Um, we, you know, we said, Many times on this show, on Twitter, wherever. Ian Desmond is one of the best human beings to ever wear that uniform. He was also a very bad baseball player during his time here. And it's okay to hold those two truths simultaneously in your head. That is is fine. We all love Ian Desmond as a person. We're all not sad about Ian Desmond being... Uh, you know, off of the uh, off of the payroll these days. No. Um. So yeah, there's all that. So yeah. Um. Uh, there's one <laughs> other element of uh, Dick Monfort that I want to discuss before we uh, before we move on into some ass uh, yeah. So the uh, your my and our Colorado Rockies they honored Larry Walker, uh, who became the first player in franchise history inducted into the professional baseball hall of fame uh and on september 25th the rockies honored him at coors field his plaque was there they gave out the bobbleheads he gave a speech yada yada when larry walker gave a speech dick monford gave a speech before him and was not introduced to the crowd at coors field and we heard this from a lot of people. We got DMs and tweets from several people that were like, hey, were you guys there? Did you notice that they didn't introduce Dick Monfort? Um, that was an extremely deliberate choice. Uh, Dick Monfort was not introduced to the crowd at his home ballpark to introduce one of the two greatest players in franchise history because he knew he was going to be booed. And he had no interest in uh, in being booed by a sellout crowd. That's the only explanation. 
And that is pretty gutless. If you can't face your fans, you're doing something wrong. It's not just, oh, well, these fans are so accustomed to success. They're really frustrated with the Steinbrenners because they won a World Series. No, if you literally can't face your fans on what should be one of the happiest days in recent memory for your franchise, what are you doing this for? Like, does this dude have enough money? What are you doing you're, this you're, for? You're doing it for the first and the 15th. That's what right. you're doing it that's, for. That's yeah. the only explanation. You <laughs> cannot go out and give a speech to the crowd that has shown up and given you their hard-earned money to honor a player that they fell in love with 20 years ago, and you're afraid of getting booed so you don't get introduced over the stadium speakers. Are you kidding me? How old are you? Yeah. Dude, if you can't take the heat, man. Then just, then just then stay away. Then stay away for, for get, get out of all of our lives and just go take your money and go live in Cripple Creek, you know? Right. It just, uh, that just, uh, that whole thing was, and again, you know, the fact that we're two months removed from it now is probably a good thing because that was just like so comically infuriating um, because it's such an insult to the intelligence of the people who showed up and... Those people are there, you know, Dick Monfort obviously feels and believes that he doesn't owe anything to anybody, but those people are there giving you money that they worked hard to get, uh, in most circumstances. Again, we live in 2021 America, so I'm sure there are a lot of millionaires who inherited their money there as well, but, uh, including the owner, but, um, the fact that you can't face those people is just like the, the biggest slap in the face to anybody who was at that ballpark that day. And I, I just felt that needed to be highlighted. Yeah, because it, it typifies exactly where we are right now with this organization in the front office and their standing. They they think yep. that the Rockies fans are idiots. They have nothing but contempt for them. They see them as wallets, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And they, they have the, he didn't think that he needed to even be mentioned there because he he was above it. He was he had no respect for those people, and so he said, you know what, I, I don't I don't have to be interviewed. I don't have to be introduced. I don't have to be there for them. They can just look at me and see me and know that I'm there. Like, okay. Yep. Uh, cool. It's just really makes you feel great about the uh, the organization that you've chosen to to spend your your time and your money and your allegiance on. Just feels great. Uh, so I think those are like the big topics that we wanted to uh, discuss here for this episode of the old PDP, which means we got some ass PDPs coming your way right after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Huzzah. Psst. Hey, hey, I got a question. Do you have questions? I 
have an answer for you. Go get your questions asked to Purple Dynacast. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. A huge thanks, as always, to our buddy John Snodgrass for uh, the Ask PDP jingle and the show open jingle and just everything. He's just the greatest. Um, let's kick off some Ask PDPs. We're going to start with one from a uh, long time, one of the earliest guests on the uh, on the Purple Dinosaur podcast, our good buddy Connor Farrell at Rockies versus Connor, who asks, uh, and I'm going to refer this one to you even though sure, I doubt of either of us have seen it. But he asks, yeah. uh, please let us know your thoughts on the NBC show La Brea. So this is great because I first shot, saw the um, the ads during the Olympics and they were on ad nauseum, no right. pun intended. And I was like, oh, that's a show that I feel like it hits, a, it checks a lot of boxes off for me, but I feel like I can't sit down and physically make myself watch an NBC drama. Because I think that they, they, they piss me off too much because I see the ads and I just yeah I, I, I think they're just unwatchable dreck basically like I, they have an entire day entire day of the week devoted to Chicago shows yeah med and yeah. PD and fire and I'm just like yeah did like, did we need that did anybody yeah. need that the people the people at NBC and their their ad campaigns they they drive me crazy yeah so I was like all right so it's it's LA it's it's disasters it's LA it's uh, sinkhole they you know, the people get in a sinkhole and La Brea tar pits and they wake up and they're another, another century, another, you know, another world, I think. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, so basically the only way I see what's going on with that show is by seeing the ads for La Brea every week on Sunday night football. <laughs> so, so you're following which, along with the also, plot just no, based on the is, 30 second teaser. Also, also, I believe how Connor sees the NBC, uh, drama La Brea. I would imagine. So, uh, I thought it was great this week. Um, it's snowing now. There's a jeep. Oh, interesting. In in the in the prehistoric world that they somehow stumbled into. Okay. Um, people kissed, and there was a body. <laughs> so I think things are going on in La Brea. I don't know. I'm, Stuff I'm, is happening. I'm pretty excited to see what ha- what happens this week. Um, during Chiefs Raiders. This show reminds me of um the the show that they came out. It might still be on TV, but um. It was based on – was it based on Memento? Yeah, it's still on TV. Is it really? Is that show still on TV? The Simpsons. NBC. <laughs> <laughs> I did not hear you say that, Bart. NBC show about It's based tattoos. on Memento. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, with like the, 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 naked, the naked lady with all the tattoos on yeah. her they had to figure out. Uh, uh, it is called – Blind spot. Blind spot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, I don't uh, think it's still on TV. I've not seen it in a while, but yeah, I remember. Yeah. Wow. It, all these, all, all these shows. I remember like the, the blacklist uh, with James over. Spader. Yeah. Was right, one right, of right. them. Yeah. Right. Um, blind spot evidently ended uh, in July of 2020. And I just remember seeing um, a, a poster for that in a, in a subway stop in New York and uh, it just looked like the most comically ridiculous thing ever. Uh, and I remember taking a picture of it and posing it on, on Twitter and saying, like, coming this fall from NBC, everybody who writes for TV shows has run out of ideas. Because it's just like the most idiotic. Like, La Brea very much has that feeling, too, where somebody was just, like, sitting in an exec room at the NBC offices in Burbank. And they were like, shit, what can we do? Like, looking around. 
Now, tar yeah. Pit. What about the tar pit? We can do something with the tar pits, I bet. Now, if it was Roland Emmerich's <laughs> La Brea, totally. I, I'm DVRing that. Thing. Michael I'm, I'm Bay's La Brea. Oh, where it's uh, just that's, like that's, well, uh, La Brea killed all the terrorists. Those are two totally different uh, styles. I'd probably watch both, Didn't but if it was Roland Emmerich's La Brea, I, I'm watching it every week. <laughs> um, yeah, it seems like it's great. Does it like network TV? Why is network TV? There has never been well, th- a single thing that's popped up when I've watched like uh, a football game on 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 CBS or on Fox or a World Series broadcast on Fox or Sunday Night Football on NBC or you know I don't know whatever ABC carries. Um, I there's never been a show that's popped up that's made me think that looks good. Never. Oh well, you're you're not a fan of Avatar singing shows. <laughs> That's the entire platform of programming for Fox. It's just like people singing at celebrities in various stages of disguise. Dude, That's every show on Fox. You want to know how much money that makes them? It's crazy. Yeah, I, I don't understand insane. it. I have, I have no idea how that makes all the money it does, but uh, I'll, I'll take it for now as long as it keeps the lights on. It's uh, like my mom only watches network TV. And my right. mom is one of those people who pays like $300 a month to Comcast to you know not be able to get the broadcast that i'm on on altitude um but also like for internet and phone and whatever and she has nine trillion channels and she only watches the networks i'm like how how is this possible she's like well i never know what else i should watch see just yeah i just get like an antenna (laughs) yeah at that stage like what what are you paying for all this for oh it's amazing. So anyway, La Brea um, looks good. Anyway, anyway, La Brea, Tuesdays on NBC. Uh, <laughs> this is from our pal John Snodgrass. So I was going to bring this up here. Um, when and where shall we do the next live event? Which that's oh, a man. great question, John Snodgrass. That is a great question. Um, it kind of depends on when you're going to be around, obviously. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be in Denver for in October anytime soon. So, okay. you know, I don't know. And I feel like we can't, you know, get people to turn out to listen to us talk about the Rockies in like January. But I do yeah, feel like yeah. we should try to do something, um, you know, early next season or maybe before opening day or, you know, something uh, spring training-ish, something. But we do have to do it again. I think that's what we're all driving yes. at is that it was so yeah. much fun uh, at Wide Right on uh, – was that the Sunday – before the Sunday before game? the All-Star game. Yep. That was, was the most fun that I've had like doing anything ever. It was yeah. so It would fun. be it would be super cool if we could do something for spring training where yeah. we can get a bunch of people from Rocky Twitter to come down to at the same weekend or something that to Arizona awesome. and then I can come out and we can do something. That'd be great. That would be awesome. Um okay, from uh our our good pal Judy at Judgy Judes. Uh if you had your pick of GM who would it be? Don't limit yourself to people who are living or even people who know what baseball is. Boy, well, that checks Kennesaw Mountain Landis right off the list. Um. <laughs> Talk about good baseball administrators. Yeah, yeah. Talk about people whose history was, was kind to. <laughs> that is uh, a guy with a legacy. Boy. Shall we say. I don't know, man. Why don't we just go uh, Silvio Berlusconi? Okay. <laughs> because, man, the sex parties would be wild. The sex parties would be wild in Lodo. Um, they could, he could bring Lodo back to what it was before Coors Field was there when right. it was just brothels right. and warehouse and yeah. warehouse and brothels inside of warehouses and yeah. warehouses inside of brothels. Um, so, I, you know, he 
he was controversial, obviously. Yeah. But uh, which great owner slash general manager has not been? Has not been in this time. He uh, he was never afraid to go give a bunch of money and sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic like four separate times. Yeah. So like yeah, like yeah, you know what? Okay. And it's like. It's like the Rams, like the like the Cronky right now. They, they don't have a first round pick for like ten years, but they don't give a shit. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're this signing year. OBJ today. They're, they're they're signing everybody. They're trading for everybody. They don't give a shit about draft picks. Like, <laughs> go for it, man. Come on. Um, we've we have uh, had this conversation before. Someday we're gonna need to do an episode in which we fill out like our entire front office and coaching staff just based on people from Rocky's Twitter. Um, yeah, but, uh, since, since Judy asked the question, I don't feel like I can hire Judy, but Judy will, could be the right hand person to the person who I think I would hire. If I was going to hire a GM from Rocky's Twitter, Ryan Freemeyer is my guy. I've Uh, said this so many times, Ryan Freemeyer, he posts things on Twitter and I'm like, Oh, so that's what it's like to be smart and know things about things. Like I would be Dan, uh, Dan, the man for me. Yeah. <laughs> Dan the man's going to be the manager. So then oh, after the sorry. games, he can tweet at people about himself being fired because he's he heard fire the rumors. himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Ryan, Ryan would be my guy. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And, and Jude's also and uh, judgy Jude's. Um, okay. Your turn. Uh, from uh, Will underscore E underscore seventy seven seven seven, our good pal. Uh, how quickly would the Jokic brothers beat the absolute purple piss out of the Morrises? Oh man, the Jokic brothers are terrifying. Um, I you know do not mess with no, people from the Balkans. No, exactly. That's the thing. Like they, uh, <laughs> there was. Um, I don't even remember what the what the tweet was, but somebody said like, oh, the Jokic brothers would never be able to handle the streets of Miami. Blah blah blah. <laughs> The Jokic brothers literally grew up in war-torn Serbia. I'm pretty sure the Jokic brothers have seen everything that humanity has to offer, and they would be fine. Uh, I'm also not going to attempt to pronounce the Jokic brothers' name, um, but they, yeah, I would take the Jokic brothers over Marcus and Markeith Morris in, like, six seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a pretty easy one. I think that's that's not even, like, a, a... Jake Paul, whatever fight. I think right. that's you, you easily just take that one and know that it's it's going right. to be over quickly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also are we are we positive that that Twitter account is actually the Elkitch brothers? Uh, uh, supposedly, again, I don't care if it is or not. It's great. <laughs> that is true. Okay, that's true. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, I would I would take the Elkitches, and, and that would be a knockout before people got to their seats. Um, yes. Let's uh let's let's move on to uh th- we got a lot of really good questions in this week. We did um, it, actually, which sucks for us cuz we got to yeah, answer them all. Man. Yeah, cuz we're not going to get to all of them. Um there is oof, man. Uh oh, I like this one a lot. Um if you were given an opportunity to pitch to each other for one at bat, what would the results be for those plate appearances? And this is from our buddy Mike Flick at Flickerbach. Okay. Um, you actually were a pitcher yes. of some repute. <laughs> I, was, I was one of the best pitchers to come out of the state of Wyoming in 2004 and go to college. <laughs> which go to like which a, means nothing. Like a D3 and go to, college. go to a D3 school. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Anthony was one of the top recruits out of Wyoming – in 2004 to go to a D3 school and pitch yes. left-handed. 
Yes, and, and, and the top lefty pitchers in right. the state of Wyoming to come out of high school and go hey, play at a degree school like, in Ohio in It sounds like a small group, but, uh, you know, you'd be surprised. But it, was, um, but it was smaller than you think, actually. I uh, I think I could take you. Eh, you can say that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do often wonder, if you gave me a metal bat and the fattest pitches that you could throw into his if you gave me Pete Alonzo's BP pitcher from the home run derby right i wonder how far i could hit a ball these days like i wonder if i could even reach medium depth in a major league ballpark on on the fly cuz you played club ball in nebraska right yeah yeah okay. like I, I you know i i was always a good hitter i was never good at anything else um but you know i'm a broken down old man these days yeah, well, i'm 36 um, I wonder if I could even, uh, like get a ball on a solidly struck line drive to the middle of the outfield. Probably not. <laughs> like when you get out, everybody thinks it's easy. When you're standing at home plate of a major league baseball yeah. stadium. It looks so far. So to the far. <laughs> it's ridiculous. When well, you think ridiculous. about it, like, you know, you, you played at places growing up in Colorado. I'm sure there yeah. were some fields where left field down the left field line was like 340, 350, yeah. right? I mean, like yeah. there's. Some places are like that. You look down there, it's three, what, three thirty, three forty down the line in Coors Field. You're like, yes. there's no way that I played at fields growing up in high school that were farther down the left right. field line than this. You know, right? Um, yeah, no, and like it looks uh, easy. Baseball, like you think to yourself, you know, the amount of idiots that there's always like those those polls of you know, seventy nine percent of men think they could win a set against Serena Williams. Yeah, exactly. You would not even see the ball no, before it not. before it entered the front of your skull and left the backside and left you dead on the court. You would not see the ball coming. Like no. the idiocy and entitlement of men is legendary but even not even in a context of like going against a major league pitcher like even if i was just going against someone that i know someone like you yeah i don't even know if i'd make contact these days yeah no if if you saw if you saw a hundred major league pitches in a row yeah you'd be lucky to even make contact like foul tip like maybe foul tip like maybe foul tip a a couple of them and it would be like like you started swinging when a guy was going into his windup and you just guessed right on yes. location and you barely tipped it like that would be yes. the extent of contact against a major league pitcher pretty yeah, much you have no chance None. my approach None. against you if i was pitching i just drill you i'm not well, even worrying about it you but can like space. yeah the amount of times that i fantasize about just physically assaulting you that's a 1000 obp baby <laughs> um okay who's next um, from our pal, Kyle, Kyle Kirchival, at oh, Kyle, Kyle T. Kirch. I met yeah. Kyle. You did. I met Kyle. I went to Iowa. My dad and I went to, uh, visit the field of dreams. And, uh, I was so like, you I. know what? I think I know the quad cities river bandits radio guy. And it was Kyle. And, uh, and so I emailed Kyle. He, he got me and my pops some tickets. Um, we hung out. We had a great time. Got a chance to meet him after the game. Kyle is just as delightful as you would imagine. Yeah. Former grand junction, uh, Rockies radio yes. guy. Yes. Yeah. He's fantastic. Uh, he, he he was there for the whole Chubbs fiasco. He was. He certainly was. <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> poor, yeah, poor guy. He had to bear some of the brunt of the Chubbs. He sure yeah. did. Go Chubbs, go. <laughs> go. Go Chubbs, go. Um, from Kyle, when is it acceptable to start playing Christmas music 
And he also adds, now is not the correct answer because, Kyle, that is correct. Now is not the correct answer. Tyler, you can answer this one first. <sighs> okay. The the real, the traditional human being in my brain wants to answer this as the day after Thanksgiving, all bets are off. You can play Christmas music 24 hours a day from the day after Thanksgiving all the way through Christmas. Um, me now currently living in the world that we currently inhabit, uh, in which we are all stuck in our houses for like a year and, you know, the planet is burning and, and everything sucks. I'm like, I'm having trouble getting mad. About, October is way too early. If you're an, if you're a Christmas music in October person, you're what a psychopath. Wrong I, with you? Yeah, right? I don't want you okay. in my life. Yeah. I don't want you in my life. But when we pass Halloween and the weather gets a little, well, I, the weather in a normal planet would have started to get chilly. Um, you know, like once we get to November now in this current world that we inhabit, people want to feel good about the holidays and all of that. Like, I'm not going to get mad at them. Um, but yeah, it's still in, in my, if I had to, you know, make a decree, give Thanksgiving its due, man. It's the best holiday of the year. Thanksgiving I, is the best day of the year. Like, don't rush you into You and Christmas. my wife both think that, yeah. I, oh, I they love, love it. My, my wife and family love Thanksgiving. I love I, it. It's my favorite. It's, it's great. I, I don't have a, an issue with Thanksgiving. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it's not really my thing. But <laughs> I don't like, have an you know. issue with a day yeah. when you're supposed to be thankful. I'm saying I I'm, I'm, not like, I'm not like Chandler. Like, I, I, you know, Thanksgiving is fine. It's not a crazy special holiday, but it deserves its, its just desserts. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. But, no, I, I'm very much a day after Thanksgiving guy. All bets are off. But, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I, but I like to contain my Christmas music listening into just December so it doesn't get oversaturated. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I had a friend, uh, well, I, I had a friend like growing up, and then I had another friend who I worked with in the minor leagues who listened to Christmas music year round. That's now, so my weird. my friend in grade school, she was just like a weirdo. But my buddy, <laughs> my buddy who I worked with in Altoona, he like I legitimately think that he would have just driven his car off of a cliff and and ended it all uh, unless he had the Christmas music to talk him down. Um, so I I I was fine with him using it for that matter. <laughs> He was he was the greatest. He was an awesome dude to me. But man, he hated that job. Um, and, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not mad at him for it. No. Um, based the, the, on Kyle's you, phrasing, yeah. I feel like Kyle's very much like a December twentieth to December twenty fifth, and not a moment sooner or no, later. I, I I I would bet that he's in in, in our yeah no I think uh, you're in our right. corner there. I think it was basically just right. day after Thanksgiving. Um, the better question is when do you stop listening to Christmas music? Is it December twenty fifth? Or is it, do you go through the new year? When do you stop listening now, to Christmas see, music? see, now to me, to me, I love everything this time of year up until Christmas morning. And then I hate everything until spring training starts. Got so it. like even Christmas day itself is a letdown because, you know, once you get into like your twenties oh, and thirties and like the it's presents, all the build up to Christmas. Yeah. It's the right. holiday season. The build up is great. Up and, you know, exactly. Yeah. You got the tree up, you got the, the hot cider, you're walking around a Christmas market, you go ice skating, you do whatever. Those things are all fun and adorable and I love them. Um, and you know, you and I are both from Italian families. Like we did the, the feast of the seven fishes my whole life growing up. And, um, like Christmas Eve is a big thing for us, yep. but Christmas morning, like, eh, once the presents are done, 
you know, I like the breakfast, but then all I can think about is, oh, now it's just an interminable three month slog until the sun comes back. Like, well, yeah, miserable. especially when when you used to live in places where there was actually winter when yeah. I used to do that. Obviously, it's been right. a while for me. But like right. then it's like, OK, Christmas is over. It's all I was looking forward to for the yeah. last th- two, three months. Yeah. <laughs> and now and it's now just going to be miserable. Now I have and to cold. atone with yeah. three months of cold. <laughs> right. And I hate right. it. So like, and, and, if you want to carry up, it was like, oh, yeah, yeah terrible. Like, if you want to carry the music through Christmas Day, that's fine. But, like, listening to it on the 26th, uh, I don't don't know. Like, it's just, now you should be in anticipation mode of the following Christmas. And it just, like, makes me sad. It's like thinking about the 2007 Rockies during 2008. Like, everything sucks. (laughs) Why am I torturing myself by clinging to the thing that last made me happy the last time we did this? Yeah. So that's my thought. Um, here's a good one from, uh, from Mike Morrison at Mike K Morrison, uh, our, our one, uh, conservative buddy on Twitter (laughs) who for some reason has continued to stick with us and follow us. And Mike, we love you. Um, Mike asked a great question because there was a tweet that went around. It was obviously a fake tweet. It was from, I don't know, some joke Atlanta baseball account. Um, but saying that they had a source who said that the Mets were on the verge of announcing Jeff Brightus as their new general manager. And Mike said, so if not the Rockies or the Mets, which team is most likely to hire Breidich? I mean, listen, I, I think he could easily get a job as like an AGM or something along the, like, a, you know, something lower level, but like not full GM. Yeah. He could easily get a job in a front office somewhere. Yeah. I, I think he's, I think he checks off enough boxes to, to at least get in the door somewhere if he wants to, but I don't think he's, I don't think he needs to approve. He's still getting paid. No, he uh, he evidently last year left, went to Italy for like two months with his family. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to begrudge the guy for cashing oh, man, his checks from his yep. former terrible boss. Go for um, it. I also don't think that Jeff Breidich will get back into baseball. I, I think if you if you have been forced out of the game at 40 whatever by that toxic work environment um, and you've just been pilloried nationally uh as being just a complete idiot whether it's it's uh accurate or not i don't see jeff Breidich really rushing to get back into baseball at any time so i don't think anybody will but i think you're right i mean i'm sure he could get some sort of job i'm sure you know we could hear jeff Breidich, director of player development for the miami marlins or some shit like i'm sure that could happen but i don't i just don't see him getting back into baseball i don't know well, he would join a long list of people who dick momford has driven out of the game of baseball yeah Dick Monfort is like a finishing school for people who have been frustrated about working in baseball. Like there are always those people in minor league baseball who are like, oh man, I really wanted to work in it. But like the hours and the pay and blah, blah, blah. Like it just, it just drove me out. If you hung on long enough to make it to a major league franchise and then you worked for the Rockies, Dick Monfort's like, I bet I can crack you. I bet I can force you out of this. He's like, he's like a vocational school to make you hate baseball. Right. He's like, um, you know, like an astronomy class, uh, in a, a very difficult university freshman year where you're like, oh, okay, I'm not going into science. Then. <laughs> he's like, like, he's, like, a, he's a weed out person. He's like an, an astronomy professor who teaches flat earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. Here is, here's a good one from uh, another Nick, uh, our, our lawyer, which I'm now claiming him as our lawyer, even uh-huh. though he's actually Mariah's lawyer and Mariah now owns Deco. Um, yeah. If the Colorado Rockies had unlimited resources and a deep bench of analytical talent to evaluate the market and assess all available options, would they still 
refused to find a replacement for Hey Baby after <laughs> taking me out of the ballgame in the seventh inning stretch. Uh, that's never going to go away. No, because it's apparently, not. and I am not making this up, apparently Dick Monfort loves it. Loves Hey Baby. Like, which I guess <laughs> is unsurprising. I guess. Because I, oh boy, it is really I something. <laughs> cannot fathom why someone would actively listen to that song and enjoy it. Uh, and actively listen to it every home game for 20 years. Oh, God. Like, he just loves the oh, ooh, God, ah, because it makes so him fantastic. feel alive for four seconds. <laughs> but it's slowly diminishing. Oh, Next year's going to be God. three seconds. It's great. It's great. Uh, and then it will no like, longer bring him joy. Let's do like three more. Okay. Um, let's see, I just had one. Oh, from um, our pals, uh, France Rockies. Uh, yeah. All the th- yeah, they 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 uh, <laughs> they do the Lord's work, man. They do. That is true. Being in Europe and having to deal with the Rockies with the time change, like that's yeah. that's, a, that's a tough tough game. Yeah, that's um, certainly true. So they sent us a question: All the stuff off the field in the front office is it done on purpose? <laughs> Parentheses. We never know. It really is like I could totally understand how if you were a, a fan of this franchise and you lived in a different country and you weren't around, uh, you know, Denver and and uh, you didn't get to go to games regularly and all that, I could understand how you would think like maybe this is just like elaborate performance art. Like, yeah. is this is this actually a sports franchise? Because well, they don't really and, seem to operate like one. Well, and if you're in Europe and you see how soccer team owners yeah. operate, th- yeah. they. They have no laws, right? <laughs> anything. No. <laughs> Speaking no. of Silvio Berlusconi, that they can do whatever they want. So, <laughs> in in America, the same thing really does exist, unless you're caught on tape like disparaging a, a race. Yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so they can really get you down. Speaking of the Suns and Don Sterling and whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's it's hard to see like it's. Where you look at American sports owners from from afar, from a European standpoint, and see that they can do whatever they want too, but they're governed by a very odd, like puritanical set of rules. Yeah, that they that they must abide by for some reason, or at the very least, must publicly abide by. Which in yeah. in, in Europe, like soccer man, like owners, can just say and do whatever the hell they want, and nobody cares. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, so to answer the question, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's all done on purpose. I think they're just making it up as they go along. Like, they oh. can say and do whatever the hell they want. This is the adult tour. <laughs> do any of these... <laughs> uh, okay, from... Uh, this is a oh, new... Oh, first, okay, just, just real quick. Did you see yesterday there was like an NBC Philadelphia had like a local news thing about a, a funeral where a guy literally I fell out of the coffin. I did see this! Yeah! A guy fell out of his coffin! <laughs> now, I don't know if there was any report on whether or not he was nude, uh, much like Coffin Flop on Corn Cob TV, but well, yeah, did the no. did the bottom bust out? Like, no, is that what actually you, happened? Well, that's the you You can show them nude because they don't got no souls. The like execs at Corn Cop TV think I'm just some shit. dumb hick. They told me that at a dinner. At a dinner. Anybody listening who has not watched, I think you should oh. leave. Is like, did these two guys just have a simultaneous stroke? What is happening <laughs> with them? And 
the tweet. Like there was like a thousand responses, and they were all different parts of the sketch. It was amazing. <laughs> Not a single person was like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad for that family." <laughs> oh my god, oh, it's brutal. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm probably gonna watch that tonight. Now. Anyway, it's uh, we got a we got a new we I've not seen this this uh, this gentleman or oh, lady before. All right. Um, Johnny Thundersticks at Ooh. J underscore Thundersticks, whose Twitter bio is depressed Rockies fan. Which, oh, okay. I, we got it, buddy. Uh, I'm a Rockies fan that lives in Missouri, two hours from St. Louis. Any sick comebacks I can say to my Cardinals friends? Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Here's the only one that I can think of. You just show them the best fan St. Louis Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. That's well, all you need. That's, that's a great one. It means they're probably terrible. Uh, so no, you can... it means they'll be like, what? I agree with all these things that these people are saying. <laughs> I agree with all these horrendous assessments of the world as it currently exists. Um, just yeah, just show, show them the Fox show alter ego. Just show them a clip. <laughs> I'm sure it'll piss them off for some reason. <laughs> Other than that, I don't, I don't really know, unfortunately. Say that Larry Walker chose to go into the Hall of Fame as a Rocky and not a Cardinal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, take that. Take got, that. You don't have any other Hall of Famers to fall back on? Nope, none. Just Larry Walker, who chose us. He, he cho-cho oh, chose us. Cho-cho chose us. Um, all right, one more. Pick out a winner, Bobby. Boy, I know. Oh, boy. Uh, maybe, maybe. We got so maybe. many good ones. We got great ones today. Um. I just want to. I just want to run through well, a few, by the way, that are all very much in the same vein. Uh, Ryan Crossingham asked us, "quote What is happiness?" Uh, ben Ravencroft asked us, "quote How can I make the pain stop?" <laughs> uh, Donkey Doug Funny uh, at Sam underscore Kissel asked, "Will it ever get better?" <laughs> okay, that's. I mean, <laughs> no. a lot of very similar, very similar <laughs> questions to those. Right. This we're going to end on, I think, um, from Mark at CEO Rocks Two. What is the best worst? holiday commercial ever oh now, now we're, we're gonna do our next episode more than yes, likely we will. will be another holiday commercial spectacular don't absolutely because it always is yeah. they're starting to ramp them up we yes, even got are. a submission from uh our our one of our best pals rory roth who tweeted uh the mercedes commercial where the they take this dude who is evidently supposed to be ebenezer scrooge but he's like all dashing and debonair and swept combed across hair and a, a little a little third day growth beard and like he's supposed to be screwed somehow and then they take him they show him an electric car and i hate it so that might be part of it that's a good one um but the best worst holiday commercial this is the time of year where they start coming out there are already holiday commercials uh that i hate um someone even described one to me recently i think it was our buddy tyler q in which evidently there's a commercial and i think it's for a car company in which uh like a woman puts snow into a briefcase because she like lives in california or oh, she lives yeah. somewhere with snow, and then she drives to california and she like throws the snow at her brother or something no, yeah it, i think it was a covid commercial i believe because i think it was uh, that they were throwing the snow at their parents because they couldn't see their parents because of covid and they threw snow at their house and made a snowman with it before it melted somehow that i think i believe that's what it was (laughs) it's still stupid and i hate it i I Um, totally agree (laughs) um okay the best worst holiday commercial i'm just ah boy this is tough i know 
I wish we had a running list of it's all the ones I'm just like, oh, this one sucks. I hate it. I'm trying like like the I mean and, the Lexus commercials always. Oh uh, well, sure. Every Lexus commercial. I, I mean um, honestly, with the dude, with the bows dude, on the cars. Uh, Peloton is making a. Run. Oh yeah. Yeah. Peloton is making a, a strong run. As, that is true. As the worst commercials. That is true. year round, really, but they really yeah. do ramp it up at holiday season. They do. They definitely kick it into an extra gear yeah. at holiday season. Um, but this is a fantastic question. I feel like we may have to, uh, we may have to put together like a best of. This is how we, I think we lead off. Yeah. Our best worst holiday commercials for, for our episode next month. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. I think it sounds like a solid plan. Um, all right. Well, uh, we're going to say goodbye for this episode. I have like 40 shirts. I got to go ship out. Nice. Um, I got to go get boosted later. I I got my booster. Hey, nice. I got to go do that at some point soon. Uh, I I got the J and J back in like April. So I got to get, gotcha. I got Pfizer back in, uh, yeah, like in April. So I got to go, I got to go find something. Yeah. Um, get in touch with the show. Purple dinosaur podcast at gmail.com. We never check it. Uh, we're on Twitter at purple dino cast. Um, you can get all of your Purple Dinosaur podcast slash Rockies merch from Deco Apparel Company at decoapparelco.com. And, uh, yeah, that'll do it. Please, Anthony. I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.